ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Strange Life Podcast. The journey into the weird and wonderful. We are hosts, JD Strange, Mountain Man, Jokes Mahomes, and Dangling Daisy. Welcome, strangers, to this strange life. We are Bangkok's only contemporary podcast. That means we use words such as... Confused. Outrageous. Coping. Acceptance. <laughs> Acceptance. <laughs> Your isolation. It's like a barbershop. Uh, we're at the same it's time. Like, it's like a barbershop quartet, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, welcome to this strange life. My name's JD Strange. Uh, we have Mountain Man, the man with the mic. We have uh, Jugs, and we have Don, and we have a special guest, Denon, today. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All the way from Sunny Park. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking so, about the, the the outrage. We've been isolated, or people have been isolated for some time now with the uh, the COVID. Um, pandemic um, and now people are reacting to perhaps this isolation and, and issues that have been going on for you know um, hundreds of years if not thousands of years and uh, taking to the streets to voice their um, to voice their their, their outrage as Denon uh, uh, eloquently described it yeah so how, how how do you feel about it, Dan? And what what's going on? What what's your sort of take on take on everything? Because it's it, for me, especially being here here in England. Well, I'm in Bangkok now, but being from England, we don't really have the racial tension. Would you say that they have in the US? Um, not the same. We've not got the history. Yeah. So I just wondered, like over there in Portugal, how what's the sort of general feeling, and what's your feeling as as an individual? Uh, okay, so like here in Portugal, basically what's what happens is there's a lot of racism, but it's that type of racism that everybody's cool with it because they don't see anybody die. <laughs> oh no! Right. right, right. Oh my god! Yes, it's uh, it's like the the we did a protest for uh, what's been happening in America. And uh, it was super peaceful, no cops, no nothing. But um, just like a week after, cops started beating up homeless people because they wanted to. <laughs> so Just to vent. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah. So, and I have a friend who is actually being threatened by a cop right now. And it's, it's just going crazy because um, it, it's gaining so, ma- so much, um, like, volume in this... Uh, society that we're living in, yeah, and uh, and it's being really a, a good thing because finally someone is paying attention to it. I've been saying it for years, you know, like I'm biracial, I'm white passing, but my mom is brown, and I've been saying it for years, like wake the fuck up, wake up, but nobody listens, and uh, it had to be a video. It had to be a video of somebody dying. It had to be a video of a 75 year old man being pushed to the ground and bleeding out of his head to actually get attention for what's been happening. Yeah, 
That's you're so right, man. You're so right. Um, it's it's like um, it, it almost feels like I, I don't know, and I'm not I'm not a tinfoil nutcase or anything like that. But it it almost feels like it's been placed there for us in a in a weird way. Maybe not even in a conspiratorial way, but maybe by the powers that be, God or whoever your higher power is. Maybe it's been placed there for us all to wake up and for us all to to have a rethink. Have you heard? I mean, all this shit about them disbanding police forces and that they're seriously thinking about it yeah it's it's really bizarre stuff so the 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 most bizarre stuff i i read was um uh when the tension was kind of reaching fever you know boiling point um just uh conveniently and in areas where they expected um gatherings of people and potentially riots uh pallets of bricks just appeared out of nowhere (laughs) you know they just mysteriously appeared in the streets um which were then you know swiftly used to to loot and to uh to lob at people does anyone have any sympathy and let's start with you denon for the looters or do you just think no i mean what, it just seems like the two things don't go together, you know. You okay? You've been wronged, and and your your people have been wronged for for hundreds of years. So I will go and ruin someone else's life. It just, you know, I just don't get it. But maybe it's because um, I'm not I'm not downtrodden. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think uh, you know, like racism has always been a th- a, a big thing from the very beginning. Uh, you know, black people were put into cages in the zoo as animals. So uh, it's still deeply rooted within uh, every country, every culture, because that's how people are taught. But here's the thing, with um, the whole thing that you were talking about, about uh, reforming the police, I I agree with it um, because the police are just a force that are, is being used to actually uh, have the brutality against minorities. We can have safe uh, environments um, in order to protect people with, with like social workers and uh, people who will intervene like firefighters and stuff like that without having the police because the police, we think of them as like uh, a big as like just like su- superior being yeah. will help just us humans. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. And most of the police, like I've seen so many police, uh, so many cops with um, Nazi tattoos. It's it's crazy. It's just crazy. Like we don't. And, and the thing police. is, well, Denny, what 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 spurs you in the first place to go into the police force? I bet a lot of these people were probably bullied at school, or you know, mm-hmm. and and it's that that I think. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Dan, but I think they might see it as a chance to, like, uh, strike back, you know, to have a little bit of power, to have a little bit of yeah. authority and to have a little bit of sway over people that they perhaps didn't have in school or whatever. And this is their turn. It's their turn now to... Well, to I mean, I, I, I agree with that completely, but um, to some extent, uh, you know, they, they, they can... Uh, they can, I guess, um, you know, use whatever power they've been, whatever power they've been granted to, um, to towards people who are doing things like, you know, looting, for example. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for standing up for, um, for people's rights, but 
I no, I don't agree with a lot of the things, a lot of the uh, the the reckless behaviour, a lot of the looting. I mean, it's not as if these people are robbing uh, Louis Vuitton and 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 all those kind of shops and and giving anything to people in need. It's yeah. it's pure, robbing other purely black for a lot of the times. It you? was it's greed, it's greed, and they're also you know they're going into vulnerable neighbourhoods where the majority of people in those areas are. Uh, are even migrants and things, and and they're they're destroying those areas and destroying the the chance for the people who live there to to kind of build and and um, you know have a have a better life. I mean they're they're tearing down um, buildings that that people are using to to sleep in, and and these people that are sleeping there are the people that are driving the buses, taking people to work every day, you know, um, working in the, the the shops, supplying them with with you know, milk in the morning, you know, I mean, uh, at a base level, I think I disagree with that. So the police should, should enforce, um, the law, but, uh, there's a, there's a line, um, that, that you have to draw. I mean, and brutality is not, uh, it's not acceptable, but, you know, keeping the pieces. Yeah. And the thing is about, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm talking too much, but just one last point. The, the police are, are almost like nowadays as well, glor- glorified revenue collectors, right? For the, for the, for the state or for the government, mm. they, they have quotas to fill in terms of how many parking tickets or speeding violations, whatever they give out. And I, I just think that, the, the, that we have lost focus in terms of what policing is and what policing should be. In England, we used to have the local Bobby who used to walk around and he had his little whistle and his pen and paper you know, and he'd, and he'd get to know the community and he, he would know everyone by by the first name. And, you know, people would invite him in for a cup of tea. And, you know, and that's just somewhere along the way. I think that's been lost. And before that, Mickey, you have to remember um, the police force is a relatively new um, phenomenon in world history. You know, we only had uh, police in English society in the kind of 1800s, maybe late 1700s. Before that, we had watchmen. You know, uh, um, and in the context of 10,000, 11,000 years of human civilization as we know it, you know, a police force is a relatively new concept, and new concepts are subject to be uh, corrupted, um, which I think is the case in the States. I think the police have far too much power um, in the US, um, and I think we've done well in most of Europe to try and rein in that power that they do have. and also, if you look at world history, there's a long line of peasant uprising and revolts, particularly in Russia, but all around in China as well, all around the world. Um, you push people to a certain point, and at a certain point, there is no reasonable debate. They have to take to the streets to have their voice heard. And I think that's what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you add to that, the financial crisis is we've been through and that we're just about to head into again and the people's property's been foreclosed on and these predatory loans and stuff and yeah i think disgruntled people you know sorry yeah go on go on denon what do you think um the, the all the riots and the looting and stuff uh i completely I, i'm not excusing it in any way the fact that people are looting and doing riots uh in ways that could harm other people who have nothing to do with this but i get it um like for example if we go to to pride uh it was a stonewall that happens that it had uh, violence because we have been silent for so long or we have tried to do the things the good way for so long and it hasn't worked 
and people have had enough and i get it i get it honestly i i would rage about it too if it was um like i i'm raged about it but i would rage it about it personally uh if it was something that affected me personally and i would riot and i would riot for this i would i don't care like i just want everyone to start opening their eyes because it, like i said enough is enough like you need to uh realize that this has been happening for so long and nobody has been taking shots at it nobody has been seeing it and they just oh yeah racism exists like i don't know uh but it's just like calling each other names and not liking black people no this is literally police brutality and people dying because they're black there was one guy who stole eight dollars and he's been in prison for 37 ye- years the three strike thing is that done probably right yeah like yeah <sighs> And it is it's a fuck. I just thing. You, you don't hear fuck the fire false, do you? Fuck the fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really fire. true. <laughs> fuck the paramedics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. It's right, though. You are right. Jugs, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you're the American amongst us. What, what, what's your take on all this, mate? Um, well, uh, where do I start? <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a difficult one. I know. Um. You know, I, 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 there's a lot of hurt within the African American community, and it, and it seems like there uh, have not seems, but there has been some injustices regarding police brutality with uh, with African Americans in minority neighborhoods, and it has caused some uh, issues in the past. And you know what? It's been an ongoing issue, as Denon has said for for a long time. We had the racial riots in L.A when Rodney King got beat, beat up and LA, you know, we had the LA riots. So, I mean, it's, it's been an ongoing issue. So of course, I think there needs to be some kind of police reform. Um, I don't think I necessarily agree with uh, disbanding the police because I mean, there's a lot, call. <laughs> of, there's, there's crime out there. I mean, there's rapes, there's murders, there's burglaries, there's robberies, there's, Minneapolis on one website on by CBS was ranked the uh, 2019th in the United States. Uh, violent crime rate in Minneapolis is 1,101 per 100,000 uh, residents, and there was 42 murders in that city. So I mean, it's there's crime mm. there. So if we take I away, it sometimes gets called Murderapolis, doesn't it? Because it's just such a, it's, it's got such a high crime rate. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, here's just some small statistics. There were 122 reported rapes and 433 robberies, 434 robberies in 2017, you know, in one year. I mean, police are responding to each and every one of these incidents. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's Uh, a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Like, right, I get what you're trying to say, but when we say reform the police, here's what we're trying to say. Create new systems that can, uh, you know, like end crime or try to end it that are not in a hierarchy, are not superior to us just because they have a badge. Okay. So, Go ahead. Sorry. Like, uh, so, like, imagine there's domestic violence. Uh, a social worker will be called, and there will be backup for that. Imagine there's, you know, like, there's, for each crime, you can have a department 
for each crime, for each type of uh, thing that has been happening around. But having one department for everything, it creates a hierarchy like they are above us and they are going to always be above us and be able to rule and say whatever they want because you know it's it, it's their duty to they can put, point a gun to your head and even if you have nothing you have your hands up and you have nothing on your pockets and they're still gonna say well we're the police we can do it i think that's the problem no i i, I agree with you in the aspect that these people need help and actually yeah. police officers are just the first responders to the incidents to deal with the situation following yeah, that uh, most most of the time i know some some there, there you know some things happen but most of the time they're referred to uh you know getting counseling services getting uh, uh drug and alcohol rehab and and you know the, they're just the first responders and then yeah. sent for rehabilitation following the, the 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 crimes that they commit you know depending on the severity of the crime yeah what the, what the perpetrators are you mean well yeah when they when they like there are rehabilitative services in the city that they are given or they must pay for following their arrest for drugs for you know of course there's you know robbery but there are pro social programs within jails and prisons that you know that the city offers for rehabilitation the, the police right. are just the first but responders to deal with the situation and uh, I understand. in some in some respects they, they almost become the middleman you know and that makes the process a bit longer doesn't it because like you say they are just first responders but they might not necessarily be the best people to deal with it at you know, whatever situation it is you know so and, they become and, a bit of a middleman and I agree I agree yeah there should be someone there to respond but I mean even if it there's a weapon involved or something like that, uh, a social worker or someone they're not going to have a weapon yeah, to no, help think, defend what, somebody i, I mean that's what they're saying and i quite liked it actually is that is that what you'd have is you'd have a subject matter expert an sme for for domestic violence for robbery for you know for counseling yeah, the people exactly. and get them through it plus a jack booted man with a security, with a, fucking, guard. A, a security guard yeah yeah who would yeah. be there to mop up any uh and i think that's that might be a decent model actually um yeah but yeah, and, and I think I, I do think as well. I think we we must just spend even just ten <laughs> seconds just saying, okay, the police they're subject to a lot of shit. They get called pigs. They get spat on. They get kicked for every single person they pull over. They don't know if they're going to get shot or abused or, you know what I mean? They're they're, they're it's not easy. I'm not maligning every single police officer out there. I think they've got a difficult job to do, um, and I think it's almost yeah. an impossible job in some ways. Which which leads us on to again what Denon's saying. It's an impossible job. Let's reform it and let's make it possible. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely what I'm trying to say. Especially because uh, this happens not with only black people, but then if you go into other minorities, uh, you have trans people, you have you know LGBT people, gay people, you have disabled disabled people that. Um, and and this one is the one that gets me the most. Imagine like a, a disabled person who doesn't understand what the cops are trying to ask you uh, to do, like laying on the ground, and because of that you get shot. Mm. You know, because they, yeah. that's how they are trained. Uh, to be a cop in America, it takes six months of training only. To be a hairstylist, it takes nine months. Do you, can you, can you see <laughs> the difference? That's mm. fucked up. Yeah. 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 I think, um, 
I think uh, what you were saying, Denon, is you know that uh, it bleeds into other, uh, like you say, minority groups and things as well. And I think that's probably a good, that's a good place for us to kind of, uh, kind of draw a line under Segway. that subject. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, find out a little bit more about you and uh, and your background. Yeah, so um, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, I'm 19. I'm uh, I'm from Portugal, as I already said, from Lisbon, the capital. Um, I'm a trans man, a binary trans man, and I'm pansexual. Um, I'm an activist and a musician. Basically, uh, I've been through a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff, and I was homeless till like a month ago, and. I try to be an activist right now for all the minorities that I that I can see, and I try to bring my music as in a, a way to to express um, everything that I've been through. And I'm just trying to do my best to make the world a better place. Mm. What 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 made you what 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 were the events leading up to you becoming homeless? And and is this has this got anything to do with the way your parents and your family have received the what what's going on in your life and what your your choices have they been supportive? Um, yeah, uh, so I I went homeless because my mom kicked me out uh, for the fact that I quit my job. It wasn't related to okay. me being trans, but it was related to my mental health. So mm. I'm also a mental health activist uh, because I couldn't I couldn't uh, have a job because of how mentally ill I am. And um, she got pretty pissed and said if I couldn't afford rent, that I couldn't live with her. Um, so. Mm. Now I'm not homeless anymore. We fix things, and I'm, as you can see, in a house, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, um, that that's better. But they, no, it wasn't through uh, transphobia. Although I have suffered a lot of uh, things, and I have a lot of fun stories about transphobia. <laughs> Go on. So, so let's start. So, how how is living in Portugal uh, in terms of the, the the scene there and the general feeling towards um, you know uh, non-binary people? Are, are they accepted or? towards non-binary people uh, it's very hard to be non-binary here in portugal uh because you you know you you go to someone and uh i've seen this happen with friends because i'm binary but you go to someone and you see uh them saying hey i'm non-binary and the thing in between english and portuguese is that in english you have they them which is gender neutral and in portuguese you have she or he you do not have they them right so Right there, there that makes it super hard, um, and we use an X uh, to represent the, um, the the non-binary people. And then all the questions that we that we get are like, wait, so if you're not a man, if you're not a woman, what are you? And um, I think that's where the the discussion starts because gender is not a fine line between two things. Gender is a spectrum. You can be outside, you can be inside, you can be more to the mask side, more to the fan side. There's so many ways of expressing who you are through gender. And uh, I just see people being so transphobic about it, like saying that, no, but you need to be one. And I'm like, why? Why do you have to put us in a box? We already Mm. die in a box. Why do we, we well, have to live in one? I think um, it takes a, an incredible amount of um, courage 
to to be able to to come out and and tell people and, and obviously try to to feel comfortable in your own in your own skin and um you know feel feel comfortable mentally that the last thing you want is for people to then start putting you into another box you know and pigeonholing you again when when you've just kind of reached the point where you you feel kind of almost free and uh you start to relax yeah. and then all of a sudden they, they put you right back into a pigeonhole again people and can't uh, handle it, can they? try and yeah, they can't handle non-binary stuff. It's like they, yeah. they you know, they, they've got to be. And I think I, I wonder if that's part of the human condition or part of modern human condition, at least, is that we we feel comfortable when we can label something. And when someone's outside yeah. of a label, it's like, oh, what, what, uh, what do we do? What do we say? Let's put them in that box and just, you know, keep them quiet over there in that box. It's kind of like, yeah. People don't like things that are out of the norm, do they? They, they like people like routine. People like things that they're they're used to seeing and used to used to doing. Um, so as soon as things uh, appear out of the norm, um, it's automatically kind of branded as weird or crazy, yeah. you know, um, which is absolute bullshit, you know, because you should just be able to be who you are and feel absolutely fine with that. But that's, uh, like you said, was part of the, I guess it's part of the human condition, unfortunately, but um, hopefully, um, uh, you know, pe- pe- the, the things that people are doing now, the various kind of websites and support systems that are available now. Um, hopefully, that mindset will slowly start to change. That that's you know that's the hope. What, I guess. what was that website you discussed, Paul? And what, let's ask Denon about it. What was yeah, it um, the uh, the website I was looking at, Denon. Um, let me just get my notes up here. Uh, it was the Trevor Project. I don't know if you're aware yeah. of the Trevor Project. I I, I, I um, thought that that was. Um, I think it's a great it's a great tool. I mean, um, I mean, I don't want to sound ignorant, but there are there's such a huge kind of terminology. Um, you know, what's the right pronoun to use? You know, uh, you know, what what does binary mean? What does non-binary? What's pansexual? And and that kind of website kind of puts everything in a bit you know into into a, a kind of nutshell where you can kind of access all the different um, kind of do's and don'ts. And uh, it's it's almost kind of like a training tool, you know, for anyone who who isn't aware um, of all the different kind of terms. And uh, I like the I like the main page. Um, it, it says I can't open it right now, but it it says something like um, you know, become an ally. Um, so yeah, I mean, have you have you done much work with them with that particular site or the people who run that? Or I mean, do do you do you let other people know about that or? Yeah, um, the Trevor Project is probably the biggest association that there is regarding, um, you know, uh, like suicides within the LGBT community. And I have personally not worked with them because they are pretty, pretty big and they have their hands full. But um, I I support it. I, I support it 100%. I don't think I've ever heard anything said bad about the Trevor Project uh, so far, because there are a lot of associations who um, are transphobic and they claim to be LGBT friendly. But um, I think what they're doing is great. You know, you can just, you can educate people and you can call if you are LGBT and you're feeling uh, really bad and you need help. Uh, because I know that in the in the health system and this, I can say this as a health worker because I, I'm also a health worker, and uh, as and as a trans person, if you go to a hospital and say, "Hey, I want to kill myself. I'm feeling bad because of being trans, or because of being this, or because of being that," 
And they will look at you and they'll be like, go home and read a book. I, I literally have uh, experienced this. I told my doctor in the ER that I, I was going to kill myself. If it didn't help me, I couldn't take it anymore. And uh, his answer was, I got the right book for you. You read it and you will be healed. And I was like, what? <laughs> what, what book was that? <laughs> what book was it, Denon? Can you remember? It was it was it was a a book about being borderline, which I'm not even right. borderline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so he was yeah. kind of trying to he was trying to kind of reprogram your mindset because he didn't believe that you were, uh, you know, you were actually sick. But you know, um, you know, mental health is definitely something that we've, I guess, most well, most of us have experienced at some point. Yeah? And and we actually did a, a show about it um, a while back. Um, and that there isn't enough support for people who who suffer from you know, depression and, and anxiety and and, um, and you know a whole bunch addiction. of things, body you know, dysmorphia and addiction. And um, so I can imagine I can imagine what it must be like for for you as well. But why, Dan? Yeah. Dan do, do you do you, is, is there a lot of uh, substance abuse in the transgender uh, community? That is actually a very good question. Uh, right. So I wouldn't say yes, um, especially because being trans is something that is different for them. So like, let's imagine this possibility, like being trans is not a, a disease, right? But imagine if you have depression, there's a lot of people who resource to alcohol and drugs because of depression. Um, and because being trans is about being who you are, not being about an illness, it's very, very hard to say uh, if there is a problem with substance abuse and stuff like that inside the trans community. Because it's just the same thing as being like, hey, that guy's blonde. Do you think mm. he smokes weed? You know? <laughs> right. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. Mm. So, so what are the biggest issues? Um, what, what do you think the biggest issue is facing? Um, you know your community at the moment is it you know would you like to talk about that is there anything that we need to be aware of and any sort of big ticket items that are just just people have got to know about uh yeah um definitely i have a lot of things <laughs> like number one visibility um i think that every time you see a trans person on tv it's to either mock them or be like oh my god look at this it's completely different from the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a sort of uh, showing off a pedigree dog or something, isn't it? They're like, oh, look at this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that as well, because over here as well in, in Thailand, um, you find that typically uh, a role on a TV show or, or a game show, um, yeah, a, a, one of the a trans women on a show will usually be the comedic character. You know, they'll usually be the kind of bumbling, silly, kind of funny character. So I totally get that. But at least here in uh, the Far East, um, they are a part of society and have been, you know, the deferred sex has been for a long, long time. I, I believe that, you know, Southeast Asia is like hundreds of years ahead of uh, uh, the West in terms of acceptability of uh, transgenderism. Um, but still, as you say, uh, Paul, there's still that, mocking aspect of it so it's yeah. we've got a long way to go both that, here. That, that's interesting can we ask Denon what 
what he thinks about James, what we were saying earlier about the, the pronoun we use for... Do you want to ask Denon about that? And... Well, lady boy is... Yeah. Is... Uh... The accepted term and in Thailand there's 17 different types of sexual orientation I think 17 or 18 um, and one of which is um, a lady boy which is obviously male to female um, and can be you know either you know um, <clears throat> fully transitioned or partially transitioned um, but they seem to be quite or lady you know um, male to female seem to be comfortable with the pronoun or the uh, description as lady boy. Um, okay. Uh, but is, in, is that in, weird to you, Dan? In, in the West, it sounds kind of uh, uh, awkward and difficult to use that kind of, kind of terminology. Right. So about that, um, first of all, I'm going to just say a little thing and don't worry about it. Uh, I get it and I'm here to, to talk about it. You use the word transgenderism. That word is actually classified as a word to describe trans people as mentally ill. Um, and transgender was what I meant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's okay. it's okay. That's why I said it's okay. I'm here to talk about it. I'm here to... You know, it's a safe space. Uh, I, I'm cool with it. Um, You're definitely educating the... us here, Denon, so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, about that, I think that uh, a lot of cultures have a lot of different things. And that makes it go into the transphobic parts of like the unconscious transphobic part of your brain. So what does that mean? It's the internalized transphobia that has been uh, put on from society for so many years that uh, you just get used to it. So that thing, lady boy, you know, it's the same thing as um, here in English saying she male. Um, yeah. And, and uh, it's not it's not a good term. It's not something that you use. Of course, uh, if a trans woman uses that term for uh, herself, that is completely fine because it's calling herself that and it's, you know, it's different. But if you're using it for other people, uh, be careful with it. And I, the only thing I have to say about that is simply ask the person how they want to be treated. Talk to them. Be like, hey, you like this? Do you like that? If they say one thing, just go for it. You know, just keep I, I think ladyboys call themselves ladyboys here, right? I'm yeah, pretty that's, sure. Yeah, that's, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, I think like, um, uh, I mean, I, I've spoken to, I mean, I, I know, I actually know a, a Scottish a Scottish girl who's, who's trans and um, she uh, she came over here. And she says, oh, you, you can't call them ladyboys. That's offensive. And I said, well, like, like I mentioned to you earlier, it takes a great deal of courage to be able to come out and feel comfortable and, and you know, classify yourself in any way you feel, you know, you feel comfortable with doing so. And um, and they, over here, they, they, they refer to themselves as ladyboys. They'll say, no, I'm, you know, are, you could say, are you trans? And they'll say, I'm a ladyboy. I'm a lady boy. That, yeah. That's who I am. You know? So if they are comfortable with you calling them that, absolutely fine. Um, and, you know, you, you shouldn't call them anything else because then you start putting them into, again, pigeonholing them and taking them out of their comfort zone. You know, uh, they want to be a lady boy. That's the persona that they feel comfortable with, I guess, in, in a way, if you can call it that, you know. And but, I guess um, everyone's different here was, as well. Yeah, yeah, she was um, she was outraged, though. She said, you can't call them that. You can't, you know, that's offensive. But... 
to them, calling them, saying to them, oh, you're not a lady boy, you're trans. That Maybe that would offend them, you know, because they're comfortable being known as as a lady boy, you know. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a strange kind of, you know, kind of grey area, you know, but... You move into linguistic arguments and that's... A, yeah. That's yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a cultural thing, and it's you know it's a language thing as well. You know, um, it's possible that for many many years, you know, before um, the trans community was it was um, uh, more like known widely. Um, before then, uh, the people here in Thailand who didn't have access to Western, you know television and, and the internet and all that kind of thing they, they just referred to themselves as ladyboys you know and it's just been like that for years and years so it's it's a it's a language thing it's a cultural thing it's um uh, a whole bunch of things but again i think the most important thing and as you said Denon, and uh, you should probably ask them what they'd like to be referred to as uh, the most important yeah. thing is that they feel uh, comfortable in themselves yeah yeah uh, definitely uh it's like it's like you said that it's a gray area. Well, you can make it black and white pretty easily if you just walk out to them and say, "Hey, how do you prefer be, being referred to?" They tell you. That's it. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, I just yeah, want to. I think we cut you off a bit, didn't we? In terms of what the big ticket items were, Paul. We, we were. I think that was one of your questions as well. Like, what what are the biggest challenges facing your community and? What, what do you want people to know, yeah. um, Um Yeah, it, as I said, visibility is one of them. Uh, the other one is, uh, like I already uh, talked about a little bit too, is healthcare. Healthcare is really hard for people, uh, for trans people, because, you know, I I can give you an example. I, uh, I had uh, some infections. Uh, last year and i was put on the 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 woman women wards uh and uh, i would have doctors walk up to me and be like so you realize you're not actually a boy because you're in this side of the hospital only for women right uh and uh, it's pretty uncomfortable um so you never you never yeah. thought of that okay what? Sorry. I was just saying, I never thought of that, Denon. Thank you. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, Please. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lot of a lot of transphobic doctors. I had a lot of people telling me um, that I'm, you know, they put me in a separate room because they didn't want to see other women, um, other women to see me. And but at the same time, they treated me as a woman. You know, it's it's very hard. Uh, and then there's also the part of, of, of money um, for surgeries and transition. And when I'm talking about money, I'm talking about the fact that, you know, uh, people think that it's an option to just choose if you want to transition. And I mean, it is an option because not all, everyone transitions, but uh, it's also a necessity for a lot of people. And that leads to the fact that uh, if you think about it, uh, pregnant people, are not, and I say people because a man can get pregnant as well, they're not, uh, they don't have to pay, at least here in Portugal, for um, health care because they're pregnant. But at the same time, that's not an illness. Uh, you know, they chose to, do, to, to, to be pregnant. And my question is, why can't we have the same rights um, 
as something we didn't choose to be. Uh, you know, I didn't choose to be trans, but I am trans and I'm very proud of it. But why can't I have the same security uh, economic wise for uh, my surgeries and my transition for me to feel good with myself? You know, there's a lot of people who kill themselves because they are um, they're too depressed about their bodies. And I just I don't think it's right. When, when I, did you um, first know you were trans? You were you you weren't you didn't feel right in your skin. When when did that first uh, uh, rear its head? Um, honestly, since I was a little kid, uh, and this is something that I like to say a lot, uh, especially uh, you know I was in Portuguese uh, I was in the Portuguese TV worldwide worldwide and national wide talking about this, and it's something that I always like to say before I um, talk about my experience. Not every person, every trans person is the same. So the story that I'm going to tell is my story and it's the stereotypical story, but it's not how it applies to everyone. So I first figured out that I didn't feel right in my skin when I was a little kid and I was um, rejected for playing with the boys um, soccer or football, the way you want to refer it to. And I really want to play with them. And they'd be like, no, you can't. You're a girl. You're wearing a dress. And that was the first time I felt so uncomfortable. You know, it's just like putting on a dress and feel my body on it and just feel it just didn't feel right. There was something wrong with it. I never really uh, got too deep into it um, until I was 14. When I was 14, I uh, started Googling what being non-binary was, what being trans was. And um, I described myself as non-binary first because I was too scared of admitting that I was actually a man. So it was like a middle ground, you know, I'm non-binary, I'm not a woman, but I'm not a man, so everybody's safe, you know, and uh, I was mostly caring more about people around me than myself. I was being like, maybe if I'm non-binary, it'd be easier for others, to the point that I was 16 and I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, you know what, I, I'm actually a man, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. And um, I started my transition and here we are today. That's really interesting. I mean, and it, like you say, it's a similar story to what a lot of people, you know, a lot of people go through, um, the, you know, the same kind of thing, you know, playing with, uh, you know, a, a, a playing with the girls or playing with the boys and not quite, you know, being accepted or feeling uncomfortable. But um, uh, can, do you mind if I ask you how, how far along in the uh, in the transition process are you? I mean, reg not, uh, not in no. regards to surgically, but I mean, are you, what, are you taking like um, hormone replacement kind of things or? Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, uh, I've been taking testosterone for over two years now. Um, my, the, the changes that I, that, that I notice are my voice definitely is lower. Um, you know, you get a little bit more body hair, you get, you know, some people are like on testosterone for six months and they already have a beard. Unfortunately, my genetics do not allow me to do so. So you, as you can see, I am clean shaped <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately my genetics don't really allow me to grow a proper beard either. That this took me about 34 years. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, that was my biggest dream since I was a kid to have a beard, and it's the one thing I can't do. <laughs> uh, how, how do you feel with all those hormones swimming around your body? Do, do you sometimes feel like um, you just want to like run through brick walls? And because I, I, I'm, I'm, I've got low testosterone, Denon. Seriously, I've got low testosterone, so I, I take um, 
I inject myself every few days with uh, with some, and uh, by God, one thing it gives you a powerful boner, <laughs> and for the other thing, it just makes you feel like you can run through brick walls. It really does. It uh, it's like a life force. Yeah, it, it really is, and I would I would tell any man out there who's over forty or even thirty five if they're feeling a bit tired or not quite right or whatever, just to get go, go to your doctor and get on testosterone replacement. You feel a million dollars, and your mental clarity, your you, you know your your aptitude to certain things, your concentration, everything improves. So I'm just wondering if you felt that, or or is it different um, when you're trying you're coming from estrogen to I don't know. Well, here's what happens biologically. Um, so what happens is when you uh, take testosterone, you take uh, 250 milliliters, and uh, usually that's that's the what the doctors will tell you. And uh, if you take more, it will be turned into uh, estrogen. So you have to take that one dose. The things that happen, first thing that happens is uh, the people who have a period just disappears after like a month. Um, so I don't have a, a period anymore. Uh, then the other things that happen are, uh, heat flashes and, uh, it's basically feeling your whole body burn and it, like people look at you and like, why are you so red? Why are you burning? Yeah, I get sweating. And yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't control it. <laughs> it's just hot. It's just really, really hot here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then there's genital growth as well. And um, probably the one that I noticed a lot too is uh, your uh, libido also goes way up. And yeah, that, those are the main things. Uh, do you, are you attracted to girls or boys or both? I'm, a, I'm, I'm pansexual, so I like people uh, regardless of their gender identity uh i simply see people through their personality um i don't care if they're a boy a girl non-binary i i i don't care i just i i look at their minds first is that the same as uh is that class the same as uh, sapiosexual is that what people would class as sapiosexual you're, in, you're attracted to their intelligence regardless of uh of their of their gender Okay, uh, so uh, sepiosexual is actually a problematic term that people okay. used in the beginning. Logan and, uh, Paul was using it. <laughs> that's not going to there, right? <laughs> and um, it's it's like a term that says if you are smarter, I'm more attracted to you, and that's not how I feel at all. Like you don't have to be smart; you have to be. If, in my in my way of seeing it, obviously it's different for everyone. Uh, if you're a loving person, if you're a caring person, if you do things for others, I might uh, be attracted to you. I don't care if you're smart or not. And why is it a problematic term? It's because you use it, and then there's people with disabilities who are considered dumb, and that term was simply disregarded by the community when people start speaking out. Can okay, I? Ask you okay, yeah, I mean, like I say, every day is a school day, and you're you're here to educate me as well. So, can, can I ask you one one maybe sensitive? I don't know. And and the guys have all the all the guys have told me to be on my best behaviour. So I really I'm trying. Um, but would you ever consider um, getting pregnant? Um, I am still thinking about it, honestly. Uh, yeah. Because here's the thing, 
I always wanted to get pregnant, but imagine going to a, a mall and you're on the priority line till you get the uh, till you can pay your things, and uh, you say, "Hey, I'm pregnant. Can I go? You know, you can. Can I pass?" And uh, and people look at you and they're like, "You're don't a man." Be it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got a beard. You're not pregnant. You're just fat. <laughs> I get that every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right now I'm still thinking about that. It's still it's still fresh on my mind. But hey, I'm only 19, so. Yeah, you don't need to think about that too much. Uh, I'm just conscious that we're not really hearing a lot of um, Jugs and James. Well, have you got have you got anything you want to ask the Denon? Or not? JD. So I I just love the. Um... That my, the, 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 the coolest thing uh, I took away from this was the uh, we're already going to die in a box. We don't have to live in <laughs> two. I love that. It's, just a, it's, it's, a, beautiful, uh, yeah. it's a beautiful way of seeing it. And I, I hope in our lifetimes, or especially your lifetime, Dennis, uh, we're a bit older than you, but um, I hope that, uh, you know, that, that these boxes will be dismantled. And we will live in a freer society, the way that people look at each other. Yeah, definitely. We, we're fighting for it. We're, uh, you know, there's pride that was started by a trans woman, and uh, there's activism. You know, like for uh, it, Portugal is pretty conservative, and just the fact that I would call on TV for uh, everyone to see in, in Portugal, it was a uh, it, it it means a lot. It, it's it's something that you can see and be like, okay, we are progressing in some way. Even though they wanted me there to make fun of me, I was there to educate people. So I didn't care. And that makes it a better thing. Like, you know, we're just, we're progressing slowly. There's still people dying. You know, 50% of trans people get, uh, try to commit suicide, 50% of trans people. Um, are sexually assaulted and uh, the, our our um, life, um, you know, how many years we're going to live, uh, our life expenses is around 28 years. Wow. That's, that's, that's a huge that's proportion. Yeah. yeah, Jesus. Jokes, have you got anything you want to add? No, I just appreciate the knowledge. Um, you know, I... I'm a teacher, so I, I, I've had students who are young, probably nine, ten years old. And, uh, you know, and I, I can tell that, you know, they're just I, I, I don't want to see them if I'm stepping on toes here, but they're different. You know what I mean? Like you can you just get that kind of that they're, they're just not they're developing different from their peers. I mean, that's what the, as teachers, that's what we, we see. You know, I mean, we we have to be with our kids all year. So we see them develop and grow and they're just different. And um, I, 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 I think the thing that I would say that I would say as a teacher is you don't treat them any differently and neither do they want to be treated differently. And I think we should as adults we should treat each other with kindness and respect and dignity everybody right. deserves that because it doesn't matter where you come from what color you are what your sexual orientation is bottom line is it's none of our business unless 
you know, these people want to talk to us and want to invite them into their safe space mm. to, discuss, to discuss these things. You know what I mean? It's not anybody else's job to step on anybody else's toes, to force their opinions down, you know, and their, you know, what they think. Of course, there's racist people out there. Of course, there's people who are, you know, that have, you know, op- opposing views of us. But that doesn't mean that you can't treat someone with respect and kindness. Because, I mean, I think that's the only thing that's going to get humans through this without killing each other is finding a way to yeah. be kind, finding a way to to accept each other's differences, but at the same time just treat each other as, you know, special. Like we're all special, you know. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well said. Uh, uh, Denny, do you want to leave us with, with anything? I think we're just sort of uh, just over the hour mark. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, anywhere they can like get hold of you? Anything you want them to see or click on? Or Yeah, definitely. Um, two things. First one, because of the state of the world right now, uh, if you see a petition, sign it. If you have money to donate it, donate it to Black Lives Matter. And second thing, <clears throat> Pay attention to trans voices, especially in the music industry, because we are being put down. I bet that none of you can name one trans musician out of the top of your head. Uh, and uh, we, we, we deserve respect. We deserve getting more visibility. Anthony and the Johnsons, yeah, yeah, yeah. And who is it who did uh, you spin me right round, baby? Pete, Pete, Pete. Uh, Pete. Oh, he died, didn't he? Now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Denon. Anyway, that's yeah. No problem. We're, we're quite woke, though, so uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Denon. Um, just, uh, just you know, as a, a kind of conclusion as well. Um, obviously, you're you're a, you're a, you're an artist as well. You're a musician. Um, what, what do you do, and where can people get a hold of what you do? Um, so I am a vocalist for my own uh, private project. I produce everything that I do. Uh, I do everything except my makeup and my video clips so far. And uh, I do rap from rap to metal. And uh, you can find me on any social media uh, if you search Never New Official or uh, Never New OFL. And um, yeah, I explain a lot of the things that we're going through there. So if you want uh, another vision of uh, how the world is right now for trans people in the music industry, you can definitely go there. Do you use uh, Ableton, by the way, to produce? What What do you use as your production stuff? I use Logic. FL. F- Fruity, Fruit Loops. Yeah. Did you say yeah. FL, yeah? Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. All right. right, sorry, anyway, that was a digression. But uh, okay, mate. Um, listen, I, I personally have been... Uh, I think positively affected by this chat and uh, there's some stuff in there. I think that for some reason, the doctor thing really hit me. Like, you know, when you go into, into, into the ward, where, where do you get put in the men? Are, yeah. Just stuff like that. You don't think about. Um, in, the so prison, I'm, in the prison. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that, exactly. that's, that's a big issue. Where do uh, uh, tra- trans, uh, trans people, do, they, do you say in a male prison? Do you say in a female prison? And this is, it's That's not, right, actually. What what does happen there, Denon? If you were to commit a crime, would you get sent to the men's or the women's? It depends on the country. In America, 
you got sent through to where your generals are <laughs> and uh and portugal the same uh i think there are very few countries who actually send you to the right prison like canada because they're a bit more involved i know that i know over here um uh and in the philippines and things as well there tends to be um a lot of trans and and you know uh, male to, to female will be in the female prison and whatnot so they're a bit more open to it but also the uh, the living conditions in those prisons are, are atrocious so i don't know if you yeah. can really compare them to western prisons you know yeah, yeah. so denon thank you so much i'm going away from this a little bit uh, clear on the subject and feeling a bit more positive and yeah. uh hope you know you, that your voice is heard and I, I just want to say as well if 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 some people who follow you listen to our podcast look we do record some shows where we laugh and, and we we're, we're a bit rude and stuff like that but we mean well and, and we we're not we're not homophobic or racist or anything but but we do have a joke and stuff so if, you know if any of your friends come and listen to us and they listen to other shows just just bear that in mind we're not idiots we are we're our big idiots but not we mean well <laughs> uh, so thank you so much man it was great talking thank you. to you and you're welcome back anytime in fact we'd love to have you back uh, maybe in a thank couple you. of months thank we'll give you a shout and come back on nice yeah. thank you um yeah quick website so never knew official right never knew official yeah never knew ofl yeah ofl cool all right guys uh i'm gonna love everyone and leave everyone are we, are we done yep yeah all right, all right, all right guys cheers yeah. thanks, 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 thanks guys. Bye. 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 bye 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 we've been the strange life bye, bye.